January 
That's it, that's it. Come on, let's hear that crowd. Let's hear that crowd. That's what it's about. That's it, let's hear it. Come on, King. That's it. Oh, that's fantastic. Hooray for the U.S. of A. Oh, yes, uh, what I would like to do right now is salute once again, Slobart. Here I have in my files here, ladies and gentlemen, in fact, I'm going to put this in my vast pile of trivia so that 5,000 years from now when they dig it up, they will know what manner of people we were. And I'm making a prediction. Now, let's see. This is 1974, right? you got to think, huh? Well, it is. 1974. Now, in two years, it will be what year? Class, raise your hand. One of you, if you can figure it out. What year will it be in two years? 1976. That's right. And 1976 is the 200th anniversary of our country. And as you know, there's great celebrations being prepared for all over the country about this. But I'm going to predict there will be the outpouring of the most incredibly bad taste merchandise in the probably the history of the Western world will be foisted off on the public. <laughs> and it's 200. We have the first one here already. It's here's a new parking meter lamp in the spirit of 1976. It says in fact the spirit of 76. Imagine George Washington buying himself a parking meter lamp and uh, it says here contemporary design harmonizes with modern home and office decor. A unique quality premium and gift item. Mm, yes, actual working parking meters made into lamps by the original manufacturer. They operate just like the ones on the street. Insert the coin, turn the handle, and the light comes on and stays on till time runs out. You can make a little dough around a house, you know, if you got a kid that insists on reading. And I certainly don't like to hear, you know, any of you with a kid that reads books. I mean, after all, since you live in a TV guide home... Oh, yes, I know some people who have their TV guide buckram-bound. Now, you can get a buckram-bound thing with your name on the front. It's going to be an old family heirloom. This is the same TV guide that Grandpa Howard used to used to look to see whether Marcus Welby was still on on Wednesdays. Well, anyway, if you prefer this one, <laughs> it comes in all-American red, white, and blue. It's a parking meter painted red, white, and blue. And I would say that that's a very apropos... Uh, symbol of our time. Yes, salute the men of the great founding fathers and the spirit of 1776 with a parking meter lamp. My God, how far it goes. Hey, thank you. Now you're getting the idea. Editorializing from the dance control room. Hey, hey, my God, that's what it's about. Applause, love, spirit. Hooray for the red, white, and blue. This is WOR New York, part of the great swirling communicative media world of your time. By God, it's great to see the way you're tuned in. You know, you can get a little radio now that is also a toilet paper dispenser. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not making this. I'm not. I'm not making any commentary on it. You can get that. See, and and uh, and uh, you can, it comes in seven decorator shades. It kind of adds a little pizzazz to it. You hook that baby up, and uh, and, uh, and it's kind of good. and it, it's automatic. When you when you start to use this uh, product, uh, what happens? It turns on automatically, and uh, you can't get away from it. It just turns on. As soon as a little roll starts going, it turns on there, and you know, next thing you know, you, 
out comes the news, which is a kind of fitting accompaniment. And, uh, well, no, wait, I'm not making the news. I'm just reporting it. And you know what you can get now? You can get decorator toilet tissue. Well, we're living in the age of consummate taste. You can get... Now, I'm just reporting it. Don't, don't come back and get mad at me for bad taste. I'm reporting it. You can't get mad at Walter Cronkite for reporting a hassle on the Golan Heights, can you? Or do you? Uh, I suppose many people do. You know, that's, that's called the King's Messenger Syndrome. That's right. That's what I do to you. That's right. The minute you give me bad news, I throw you out of the 24-story window here. And then I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear no bad news. You're inventing it. That's called the King's Messenger Syndrome. You notice how many people get mad at, at, at each new disclosure of each new obscenity in the Watergate scene? And they're getting mad at the newsmen. It's just, you know, they were busting into the Watergate. You know, as if they were sitting there playing hanky-panky with the IRS and all that. The King's Messenger has never been popular. And what does that mean? Well, what happens? The King is squatting there on his throne, you know, and he's smoking $4 cigars, and he's sitting there, you know, fat, dumb, and happy, drinking mead and all that stuff. Yeah, you ever had mead? Terrible. I had some mead this summer. It's the worst stuff since, uh, well, I almost said it, but I better not. It's, uh, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I went, to a, I went to a cocktail party that celebrated a well-known drink coming out in no-kale form. Yeah, and I'll tell you, that was a, 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 five of us left hurriedly and headed towards Charlie's Bar, where we got some no-kale martinis very fast to try to wash the taste out of it. But the, I had this mead. I actually had mead. Have you ever had mead? Worst-tasting stuff? I'll tell you, they make it out of honey and, and some kind of fermented uh, beeswax or something. Yeah, that, well, mead was a classical drink in the Middle Ages. That's what they drank in castles. Well, they didn't drink it, drink it. They quaffed it. Uh, you quaff it out of a, a ram's horn or something, you know. And yeah, you do. You sit there and you drink this stuff and you throw uh, knuckle bones of beef over your shoulder with a dog's bite and eat it. Oh, that's a lusty life, I'll tell you. That's right. And, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I tried it. I was in this castle in, in, uh, in Ireland. I just came back from there. Yes, I was. Did you have that dinner in the castle? Well, I was sitting there, you know, and they, and they had they had to do the whole thing, you know. They, feed, they even served you the kind of food they ate. Yeah, fermented beef. Uh, you know, it's been kept down in the castle keep for four years before they served you. Oh, yeah, you know, they didn't have uh, GE refrigerators in those days. So we're sitting there eating uh, maggot-ridden cheese and, and the drinking mead. That's right. And, they, and these serving wenches came over, you know. They were serving us. They, they're not waitresses. They're serving wenches. And, uh, of course, you're supposed to be a lord and a lady when you're there. Seeing the serving wench came on, I said, I said, serving wench? And she said, yes. I said, I shall have my way with you. At, the, at that point, uh, three bobbies appeared. And, uh, well, I was just playing a part. <laughs> oh, there's something. Have you noticed, Arlene, there's something Falstaffian about me? Baby, you didn't see me when I had my beard. Honey, I took my beard off because it was getting arrested in restaurants for being Falstaff. Are you kidding? <laughs> How does it feel to live in Brooklyn? Or Flushing? God, what a what an appropriate name town. Yeah. Yeah. Utopia Parkway. Utopia Parkway is the is the Vatican of used car dealers. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> utopia. But uh, never <laughs> look up utopia, friends, and see if it uh, coincides with your idea of Bayside Queens. I'm forever blowing bubbles, thirsty bubbles in the air. I, th- I feel like uh, singing. Well, would you please uh, provide me with my bear song? Is it in there? And uh, while you're preparing it in there, can you think of other great... Uh, oh, oh, you want to hear more about the uh, about the uh, John Dispenser? You do. All right, we have other information. I'm sure that there will be a 1976 Spirit of 76 model. It'll come with red, white, and blue. And uh, do you know that you can get decorated John paper now? Now, I don't mean the ones that just have little flowers and stuff like that on yet. You can get uh, ones with, uh, say, your favorite cartoon characters on it. Yes, it is sick, but you can do that anyway. And you can get one now. Did you know that you can get a roll of this that's printed up to look like fake $10 bills? Now, that's in great taste. <laughs> Sorry, I don't... I, you know, what are you going to do, you know? But uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, while we're preparing it in there, she's getting it all set in there, figuring out how to do it. I would like to salute the guy that put an ad in the Bergen Record asking for 2,000 cockroaches. Did you hear about him? It's in the great American tradition of revenge. Revenge is the sweetest of all. <laughs> revenge. Yeah, revenge. Well, did you hear what he did? He was getting kicked out of his apartment, and the, the landlady says he has to leave the apartment the way he found it. And so he advertised for 2,000 cockroaches. He says, I'll show that old bimbo, at which point he, <laughs> he got offers of at least 60,000 cockroaches. People are calling up screaming, yeah, you can take mine. I got a whole sink full of them. Quick, come over here. They're right here now. They're carrying off the... They just took my privilege farm bread out. But uh, he, he got 60,000 cockroaches, and he is indeed going to leave his apartment just the way he found it. And so I would like to salute that man, please. Mr. Train, oh, the bear, Mr. Train, and now he's walking. 
And what do they sell? Used metal. Now, how long has it been since you said, you know what I want? I want a quantic wire. That's what I want. With palms. Uh, <laughs> you're going to buy yourself the order of uh, Tsarina II uh, with crossed diamond sabers. And uh, you, know, you can wear it when you go down to the chop full of nuts and uh, you know, stuff. Right? In fact, uh, you can buy used and the beautiful uh, metals, I mean, of all kinds. Uh, like uh, the, the second order of the Knights of Lichtenstein. Well, yes, this is the, the first order, by the way, is unavailable. Uh, the second order is available. That's the one with the with the red uh, enamel background there and the crossed lions on a field of beavers. It's very beautiful. And uh, it comes, it's worn around the neck, by the way, and is worn only on the birthday of Ferdinand XII, who was the great savior of Liechtenstein. Uh, and uh, you can wear this around your neck, you know, and celebrate it over there in Queens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all right, all right, okay. Now, there's a used metal store. Now, you, you, you can, can't you imagine when you go into the used metal store, it says, please take a number to ensure that you'll be waited on it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all those people lined up. Uh, and you can buy everything. You buy used purple hearts. And uh, I imagine there's a lot of guys that never got out of basic that went out and bought some per you know, purple hearts and uh, uh, order of merit and goodies like that, you know, like the Silver Star. Uh, you can buy those. Now, there's another store here in town that sells nothing but false noses and eyelashes. You think I'm kidding? I will provide you the address on the receipt of a qualified postcard that says I deserve to be told the address of such a cockamamie store. And uh, they sell false noses, false eye, eye, you know, eyelashes and eyebrows, and they have just laid in a magnificent new supply of mutton chop sideburns that clip onto the top of your ear. Okay. <laughs> now, what led that guy to, be, to go into that business? Can't you see him at the age of eight? He suddenly gets the call, you know, the rubber nose business. Now, uh, <laughs> there's another store here in town. You got your, we're getting some nose, uh, some, some rubber nose. Uh, yes, uh, if you don't tell the taxidermy story, I will tell the story about my Uncle Jack and the porcupine again. Well, all right, thank you. That's Lee Brown, our producer. She she had a thing happen to her once that has marked her since life, you know, all of her life. She has an Uncle Jack who has been a great, a great influence on her life. And uh, Uncle Jack lives up in uh, Plum Island, which is uh, off the coast of Massachusetts, of a kind of a kind of a primitive area. And Uncle Jack is one of the primitives of that primitive area. And. Uh, you know, he's sort of squatting in his cabin day after day. And uh, he, he, yeah, he, he created his own, his own breed of dogs, by the way. And how he did this, he took about 45 different dogs. He wanted a dog that could track. He wanted a dog that could dig. He wanted a dog that could be a great watchdog. He wanted a dog that also could be a great lap dog. He wanted a dog, in other words, an all dog, an every dog, you know, like every man. So he, he carefully over... 15 years bred together all the dogs that he found that had those qualities until he came up with a his own breed and it bred true by the way it did he created his own breed of dogs called the yes the Mears Hound any of you up there in in the in the, the area around Connecticut and up in uh, Upper Massachusetts who know of or have ever heard of the Mears Hound 
Uh, Lee Brown, our producer's uncle, was the creator of that unforgettable breed. Turned up. Oh, let's give him a cheer! <laughs> oh, yeah! The only trouble with the mayor's hot is he had an insatiable hunger for garbage. I never could cure him of going out and t tipping over garbage cans. And uh, the Mears Hound is a true breed dog now. But the only trouble is, since he has all these qualities rolled up in one dog, he chases everything. I mean, you know, the guy's bred him for deer and rabbits and all. He'll chase moles. Uh, he chases ants. <laughs> he digs holes wherever he is. He jumps up on your lap incessantly. Uh, this dog just uh, it just is insane dog, but he's a mirror's hound. If you if you ever seen one, he's a short squat dog. He's got little tiny feet, legs, and a long a long uh, sort of a sagging body. It isn't as it's a sagging body, and it has large ears, and uh, kind of a mean looking little dog. He's called a mirror's hound. He's mud colored. <laughs> All right, the mirror's hound. Now, uh, I will tell the, uh, well, uh, Uncle Jack. You want to hear the rest of Uncle Jack? No, okay. About how he, he threatened to eat the porcupine that ate his axe handle? All right, I won't tell you that story. I will tell you the story about my taxidermy. Anyway, I was about uh, uh, maybe 10. I guess it was about 10. And, and my, uncle, my Uncle Tom was getting these great uh, magazines called Field and Stream and Outdoor Life. And uh, after he would read them, about every three or four months, when they would come and visit us, uh, they would he would bring me these magazines. You know, I could read the old magazines. And they had these great stories about uh, about bass fishing lakes. Like uh, the, the opening line of the story was, uh, the minute that Indian Jack, my trusty Indian guide, told me in his native language of Ojibwe that uh, the, the lake that we were fishing was the lake of the great spirit and the lake of the great mysterious bass. I knew then that I was fishing in a bass lake that had never been touched by the hand of a fisherman. And five minutes later, the bass ravenously were chasing me up the shore, trying to eat my tackle box. Well, you know, this, these, these things are heady stuff. And I'd look at this magazine, and I really dug it. And, uh, I, of course, I was living in the... Well, I was living in a neighborhood at the time that made Newark look a little like uh, the coast of France made Newark look like, uh, uh, let's say, uh, Palm Beach. Now, I'm not putting Newark down, nor Palm Beach. I'm merely saying that you must understand the northern part of Indiana to understand what kind of a neighborhood it was. As a matter of fact, uh, we didn't have any sun or, or uh, you know, cloudy days. Uh, the soot was so heavy from the steel mills around there that all days were a dull red color. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of pretty at times. And, and so, you know, the idea of going to these untapped, untapped bass lakes was just, you know, like reading about Oz. Well, one day I'm sitting there reading this magazine, and I, I used to read even the ads. And they had the great uh, fishing plugs. Like uh, there was one uh, called the Hawaiian Wiggler. You've heard of the Hawaiian Wiggler? Well, the ad for it said it dances and wiggles so seductively that it will undoubtedly be outlawed by the authorities. It is so deadly on all known game fish that the Hawaiian wiggler must be kept under lock and key or fish will track it for 15 miles of a dry land to get at the damn thing. Now, uh, and it was that kind of ads. Uh, or old Charlie's secret bait. 
That's another one. It shows old Charlie sitting in his rowboat. It says, Old Charlie, the legendary bullhead fisherman of Tallulah, Mississippi, caught over 700 bullheads in 12 minutes last year using his secret bait. <laughs> well, all right. I'm just telling you what's in these magazines. <laughs> now, you tell me girls read them. I bet you never read those ads, did you? All right. I'll tell you one ad you didn't read. If you did, you didn't respond to it. It says, Earn big money in your spare time. The fascinating, fantastic new artistic hobby of taxidermy. And it says, Clip the coupon immediately. Time is slipping by you. Your whole life is slipping by, and you are missing these fantastic opportunities. And then it shows little pictures of people. It shows a you know, little smudgy picture. It says, Mr. C.L. of Lout, Kentucky. Uh, he says, I've made myself over $4 in my spare time last month alone stuffing rabbits. <laughs> Mr. C.L. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I... <laughs> you like a lot of Kentucky, don't you? Well, I've been there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all changed there now. they got a white castle now to change the whole thing. You know, the town's high-toned. But, uh, nevertheless... <laughs> I I, uh, I I saw this see, week after week. I would see this uh, this ad on on how you can become a taxidermist, and it says it's simple to, to learn. It says uh, why even a child of five can learn to do this if he's gotten the proper instruction, which is part of the American dream. I mean, you know, how do you think Dr. Rubin sells all those cockamamie books? Uh, you know, if you have to read Dr. Rubin, you ain't ever going to do it, friends. It's just like quoting the late Louis Armstrong. If you have to read a book about jazz, you ain't ever going to understand it. And I have to say, <laughs> there is a many a field in which thousands are called, but few are chosen. In fact, millions of people are called. But nevertheless, I clipped the coupon one day, and it's a send away, and it will send you a free lesson, including diagrams on how to begin your first taxidermy job. It says, the minute you get this first lesson, you will be on your way to riches, success, fame, and social approval. So I'm that the last one was the best one. I mean, you want to get social approval when you're in seventh grade, I'll tell you. So uh, I could just see myself, you know, all the other kids are bringing a picture of a pumpkin to school, you know, a PTA, art day when you bring the stuff that you do. You know, other kids would bring in something like a, a Boy Scout would bring in a, a board with knots nailed on it. He did a square knot and a granny knot. Other kids would bring their collection of leaves. Shepard would bring his fantastic collection <laughs> of stuffed goats. And, uh, <laughs> oh, boy, that would really lay it on him. So I, I sent away for this thing. It said, it says, uh, if you're not satisfied within seven days uh, that they would... Uh, they would obviously return your postcard or something, you know. It's a seven, it says, within seven days, you'll learn how to do this. So I sent away the card. Well, I waited, and I didn't tell anybody because I had a sneaking suspicion. You see, every, all of us know when we're doing something wrong, even if we're not told. You don't have to be told when you're... You really don't. I mean, I think man is born with an innate sense of morality, and he spends the rest of his life trying to, to outdo it. I'm ready to erase it. That's called the conscience. We're all born with it. And it's whether or not you let it do it to you that makes the difference between the good guys and the bad guys. So, nevertheless, we all know secretly. I mean, let's face it, you don't have to be told that running in and robbing a bank and hitting an old lady on the head as you run out with a shopping bag full of $10 bills is wrong. Do you have to be told that? 
You do? I don't think so. Well, I sent away, and three weeks later, back comes this great big envelope, red, white, and blue, green, yellow, it's all many colors, and on the outside of it is a gopher. Yep, and he's looking maniacally uh, out of the out of the uh, cover of this thing, and it says underneath it, it says, I was stuffed by the true blue one, two, three method. That was the method. <laughs> well, I should have known right there that I was involved in some cockamamie scheme. Well, I opened the thing up in my room, and, and here was a, here was a, I got a whole bunch of little pamphlets, see, it told, told, really didn't tell me much about taxidermy, but it also told how much money you could make making taxidermy your, your lifelong trade. However, they, they did have to, you know, the law says they had to send in one lesson. So there was a lesson that says, taxidermy one. It says, obtain a small animal, was the opening line. Well, you can't practice taxidermy on your kid, brother. What are you talking about? It says, obtain a small animal. It says, now this can be any small animal that is easily handled, uh, such as a mouse, a rat, a, a, uh, a cat. Uh, any small animal will do. Well, <laughs> that started me out, so I went out. And I went up and down the alley, see. Now, I, I was not the kind of kid that would go out and kill a small animal. I was looking for a small animal. Well, it didn't take long in our neighborhood to find a dead cat.